request emails, everybody. Oh my god. It's the best show on the internet starring your best friends. I'm Jeff. And I'm Josh. And on this program, you send emails to us, and then we read them, and then we talk to you about them. We answer the questions. Usually it's a question. I don't know. Sometimes it's not a question. Sometimes it's like, a, you guys are so sexy, I want a bone, and then we're like, sure. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. Why not bone strangers on the internet through email, right? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's totally fine. You Nothing's can't catch diseases fine. through email. Unless it's, like, a Trojan, not the condom. <laughs> All right, so our first email of the night <laughs> is from Amela. Uh-huh. Who says, greetings to Rick boys. Another listener from Sweden here. Yes! Lieutenant Commander Jonas Engman of the USS Vasa. Mm-hmm. It's a famous historical Swedish ship. Look it up. It's cool. It's kind of like naming one? a ship the Titanic, but fuck it. Is that the one that they, like, rose from the water? There's one that they, like, found, and it was, like, perfectly preserved because Sweden is cold as fuck. Maybe. I mean, he did say it's, like, naming a ship the Titanic. How do you spell it? Let's look it up. V-A-S-A. I guess we'll take a break in the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one. Oh, Oh, it's the one. Holy cow. Sometimes I'm smart as fuck. Yeah. What a fun fact. (laughs) How interesting. Mm. I just subscribed to your Patreon, largely because I wanted to hear your take on Discovery. Uh, Uh I'm glad somebody liked that. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about, like, hating it or whatever. (laughs) I was initially planning to donate... uh, I was was not initially planning to donate so much as I wound up doing, but I really wanted to belong in the best rank, namely a lieutenant commander. Yes! I mean, whatever. There'll be no money in the future anyway, right? Damn, great point. That is a great point that everyone should take to heart. Yes, send us your worthless money that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not gold-pressed latinum, so it doesn't matter. Just send us all your money. Yeah. I am an amateur writer and have sort of an ongoing collection of stories, which is essentially a fantasy version of Star Trek. That's cool. I realized to turn a phrase that much of the techno babble of Star Trek is sufficiently advanced as to actually be interchangeable with magic. Yep. So I decided to write stories about a weird crew and a magic ship sailing around the ether beyond their world and exploring. Wow. The mood is sort of campy TOS style, humorously improbable yet profound, or at least that's what mm-hmm. I'm going for. Mm-hmm. I have a Batmancer, i.e., a vampire. A golem, a sentient cookbook called the Gastronomicon, which is a <laughs> great name. Great. That's fucking great. And a wizard cat among the crew, to name a few. A lot of the things... That sounds awfully derivative. <laughs> you had a kill cat. That's different. I also had a very strong cat. Yeah, you also had a, uh, a cat who shall not be named. That's okay, I own his a rights, I think. A buff cat. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the themes explored center around what it's like to live a vastly different life than us humans do and how these radically different individuals solve problems and interact with new cultures together. Like Star Trek. Like Star Trek, but fantasy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As such, I really liked your discussion around what constitutes fantasy and sci-fi, and I was also genuinely intrigued by the magics of Megas 2 episode, as yeah. it basically does what I'm doing in reverse, placing a sci-fi <laughs> cast in a literal fantasy setting. That's that's interesting. That's fun. 
I basically agree with your conclusion that it's a spectrum, where my stories are probably more uh, more sci-fi, even though the setting is fantasy. Just like, mm-hmm. for instance, Star Wars is more fantasy despite a sci-fi setting. I agree. Thank you. So, so kudos on that sweet, sweet conclusion, I guess. Thanks! Thank you. Uh, that was good. Our talk about sci-fi has been contentious. People have been... Taking taking like different stances and agreeing with parts, but not other parts. So I'm glad it stirred up a conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of. I, I was just gonna say I kind of like don't understand why people get so heated about it because like we're always right. <laughs> yeah, we've never said anything that's wrong ever. Like. <laughs> I, I was legitimately going to say that, like, not to be funny, <laughs> but like, but like, where I think we are, like, because we're, I mean, we're very similar, obviously. Sure. Uh, I always sort of just am like, it's so obvious, like, like obviously, Star Wars is not science fiction. Well, sure. I don't Clearly. like. I don't think I've seen anybody saying Star Wars isn't science fiction or isn't okay. si- science fantasy. Anyway, it isn't. Sure. A, everybody's on board with it being a fantasy story. Okay. Good. Uh, what That's people, all I really care about. What people aren't completely on board with is our like discussion of fantasy and sci-fi being on a spectrum. Oh, like and like what constitutes one or the other. Mm. Um. I feel like a lot of the discussion I've seen is people who are, like, taking Bam's side and people who are, like, taking... I'll never take Bam's side unless I agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what Bam's side is, so I'm playing both sides. I don't don't really remember the specifics (laughs) of the email either, but... um... Yeah, I do like it. seeing people discussing it. I'm glad I that do our... remember the email he sent, but I don't remember exactly what he said. I yeah. think he said sort of like what we said. Yeah, yeah. he was talking about it being um, a gradient, like a straight yeah. line gradient, and then we changed it to more of a spectrum. Right. Like yeah, a just... three-dimensional gradient that goes off in different directions. Like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Jonas continues... I also have a peyote, but I can't really take full credit as it is essentially self-pitched in Voyager. Okay. I just wanted to propose how great it would be it was actually realized. There's an episode mm-hmm. where the ship is taken over by the Kazon or something. I can't remember. And the doctor... Yeah, all the same. <laughs> spacist. And the doctor, pretty much the only good character in Voyager, for whatever yep. reason, needs to take back the ship, and he muses, what am I supposed to do? Lead a revolt with a gang from Sandrine's? Conjure up holograms of Che Guevara and Nathan Hale? Oh, man. To answer these hypothetical questions, uh, obviously in reverse order, heck yes, yes, and you just answered your own questions. <laughs> but he fails that's, to realize his own that's genius. Clever. That's clever. And does some other shit with a psycho betazoid. I don't know. Anywho, yes, that's that one. Yep. My pitch is, the ship is taken over by the Kazon or something, I can't remember, and the They're doctor leads a revolt with the gang from Sandrine's and conjures up holograms of Che Guevara and Nathan Hale. Evil Lincoln! <laughs> uh, P.S. Tuvok is pretty good, too. He can be in there. My bad. Oh and man, that's he signed he ever, it yours truly slash name here, which I thought was great. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I guess if we ever decide to talk about Voyager ever again, which I don't know if we ever will. Uh, I think it's we have a Voyager episode in this collection. No, we don't. Hold on, we don't. I think it's we just have no, an Enterprise. It's Enterprise, and there's what is it? 
Voyager. No, there is a Voyager counterpoint. What is that one? Oh, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I would like to blame this on Ben Baylor. Ben Beeler? It's Ben Beeler. Yeah. I'd like to blame this on Ben Beeler, who created this collection and gave me all the episodes. I don't remember what this episode is, so maybe... It's got a defector in it. That's all That's all it requires. Um, This looks familiar. Do you pitch or ditch this pitch or ditch? Pitch it. <laughs> I am going to pitch it as well. Like, I would love to see an army of holograms do battle. <laughs> Especially if they're all, like, ridiculous historical figure holograms. It just reminds me of Bill and Ted, and I love Bill and Ted. I so. also love Bill and Ted. <laughs> that mall scene is maybe one of the most underrated scenes from any movie fucking ever. I love that scene. It's just amazing, with fucking extreme playing. <laughs> it's so, it, dude, it's so good. Uh, Alright, so, our next email is from Sam Lindstrom. Who Hi. is a cool artist that you can find on Twitter? Oh yeah, uh, I can't. I think it might be at Sam Sam Lindstrom. I don't I remember. Oh no, but you can find him. I'm sure it is at Sam Lindstrom. You are right. Yes, he's cool. Um, he says good podcast recording time, Trek boys. Thank you. <laughs> it is one uh, thirty in the morning. With the new yeah. Picard show being announced, announced a while back, oh, what do you no. think about actors being transmuted into mascots? Everybody loves Patrick Stewart because he's the most lovable man of this or any generation, but it feels very <laughs> old Spock for him to be the as-of-yet only definitive appeal of the new Star Trek series. Mascot yeah. is the only term I can really think of to describe it. Let's throw him up on stage. He can say his catchphrases and remind people of a simpler time when we weren't constantly concerned about tyranny conquering the Western world thanks to sheer ennui. (laughs) Uh, Great. First of all, great email. Uh, Yeah, that's a great... I I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I I think it, it speaks more to the laziness of entertainment or laziness of... I want to say television, but really it's not television anymore. It's like we've, I really believe we've like entered into this like next phase of whatever TV is going to be. So I don't know yeah. what to call it. Streaming? <laughs> Stream. I was just going to call it shows. Shows. Right? Like, cause like, I don't know. But like, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, uh, uh, exploitative, um, self referential. Self-referential to the point of like it's like sucks, like it's uh, 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 damaging to the thing. But mascot is a great term yeah. for it. Like I was having this conversation earlier with Josh. Uh, I I mentioned before I do another podcast called Rider Club Radio, and mm-hmm. uh, every time a new movie is announced for Common Rider, the show that we do the podcast about, people go into a fucking frenzy. <laughs> Yeah. About which actors they're going to get back and don't give right. a fuck about what the story is going to be like. And all of them are bad. Like, every single one of these movies is terrible. Yeah. And nobody seems to care. They're just excited to see a face they've seen before. Yes. And I don't want Star Trek to become that. Like, I, no. like that's what the J.J. movies are, right? Like, here's a character you knew before. Yeah, he's doing the line. Oh, look, there's a treble here. Oh, cool. It's, it's hard not to be, like, at least a little excited that Patrick Stewart is going to be Jean-Luc Picard again because you love that character so much. Right. But everything else is 
pointing towards that being not a great thing to happen. It's preying on people's expectations, and I mean that like it's preying on them. Like it's 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 using them to gain benefit for their agenda for whatever that might be. I mean, like, like I don't know. Like why? Why do? Why does it have to be that way? Why can't somebody who actually like? I know this is like way too much to ask, but like, why can't somebody who like like the Game of Thrones producers whose names I can't remember, like, why can't they like love the source material and like treat it with like respect and like want to make it good? I don't. Know. And I'm, I'm it's, already it's assuming it's not like a lofty material to them. Like to us, Star right. Trek is like a pinnacle, right? right? But to them, it's just some old TV show. And, like, no matter how much they like it, they don't think of it as, like, how people thought of Shakespeare or, like, as, like, something that has a canon to it that matters. They only want to put their own stamp on it. They only want, this is our version, and it has different things, because it's ours. Yeah, like, uh, like, like the new Harry Potter movies, right? Like, all the... Fabulous Fantastic Beasts, yeah. It's like nothing looks like Harry Potter, (laughs) because everything's, like, got this, like, new... It's it suffers from prequelitis, like like with the pre like Star Wars prequels, like everything looks newer than the things that came before it, and it's like, but this takes place before that stuff. Like, why does it look like this? It's it's fucking bonkers, dude. Whatever, that's a whole other fucking. uh, Sam continues. Mm -hmm. With this era of Star Trek, they seem to be trying to do anything to wrangle up excitement from longtime fans without really delivering on revitalizing the core spirit. I have an idea. Make a good fucking show. That's the thing. Like, if you made changes to Star Trek, let's say all these same changes that Discovery did happened. Right. If it was still written well and had compelling characters, I wouldn't give a fuck. You can swallow that pill, right? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. But that's the thing, though, about like any good science fiction and I do mean like science fiction now like things have to fit they gotta make sense logically in a world where history matters in this world like fantasy doesn't like history doesn't matter so much in fantasy this this is what Bam talked about right? yeah like history doesn't matter so much in fantasy cause like well there's like vast swaths of time and like eras and whatever and like this happened then and this happened later it's all like background information that isn't necessary to understand the world you're reading about. it doesn't matter like things happen cause effect but but then time passes it goes away but in star trek it's historical so it matters so you have to pay attention to that you can't just gloss over it why does shit look like that (laughs) oh i don't know it just did oh okay Next show. Uh, Try it again. Start over. Uh, Another example of this I know Jeff would relate to is the maintenance of the Looney Tunes IP. After the original theatrical shorts came to an end in the 60s, time and time again they would bring out all the iconic characters for a reboot or a reimagining, and nine times out of ten they were either boring, bizarre, or Lunatics Unleashed. Bizarre. (laughs) Bizarre is... Which was boring and bizarre. I dude, that was always so jarring watching like a new Looney Tunes thing and being like, "What is this?" That was the most bizarre because it was like a weird, angular, like Gendy Tartakovsky style, like superhero show. Yeah, but with Looney Tunes characters, man. (laughs) 
while I'm excited for the new block of shorts they've announced, it has uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons they yeah. announced. Uh, it has more to do with the spirit of individual creative liberty they seem to be embracing. On the other hand, that could even be an example of them shifting their mascot from the more definitive Bugs Bunny to the more nebulous concept of auteur cartooning that Looney Tunes fans have come to identify with the series. Whoa. But, but then does every appealing aspect of a franchise eventually become mascot fodder? Is it only a mascot if it's understandably shallow? I guess it only really matters if it's executed well. Will they eventually be marketing the newest Star Trek series as a slow, methodical exploration of unknowable philosophical questions in an attempt to bring out the best in humanity going forward? Or is that a core audience or is the core audience never going to have the marketing sway necessary to convince the company to embrace the core of what came before? I think you're talking about two different things. Um like in my a mascot has to be uh a character. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But I think I think like what we're what we're really talking about um is to- like time and and change and the inability for us to move on from uh characters like Picard is the real problem. Like they should be making new interesting i know this is like such a hand wave and like just fix it right but like they should be making new and interesting uh star trek series that take place in a world that doesn't necessarily involve picard like he can be there like if you want him in your show awesome right um but it shouldn't be about him cuz he's old and like he he had his time but we're talking about also corporations, and they love not changing. So I think I think mascot is probably being used as um, bait, like it's like viewer bait. Yes, it's Picard is being dangled in a hook in front of our yes. faces to get us to bite, so that they can reel us in for the show. Like, right. we know absolutely nothing about this show except there's a hook dangling in front of us with a big, juicy Picard worm on it. Well, if it's anything like Discovery, they also don't know anything about this show. And I don't <laughs> mean true. Star Trek. I mean the actual show they're making. Yeah. Because they don't know what the fuck they want it to be. So. And it's like. And that's the thing that was happening with the Looney Tunes he was pointing out is it's. Looney Tunes were being used as a marketing ploy. It was exactly. all a way to like get people watching your show so you could sell toys or whatever. Right. It's uh it's it's superficial. It's uh there's another word I'm looking for, but it's one in the morning and I can't think of it. Sure, it's almost two in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still on old time. That's fine. Wait, old no, time from like a month ago. It'd be like three, I guess. Um <laughs> like the thing about the Looney Tunes is like they worked because they were like vehicles for comedy. Like the the shorts aren't about them. They're in right. different circumstances. Every right. single short, they have yes. no established history. They have personalities to react to the story. Right. That's just like Star Trek. It's not necessarily about like Picard. It's about the situation that he's in and the the moral of the the, yeah. the human story that's going on. Star Trek existed before Picard and it existed after Picard. Right, exactly. He is, is being treated as a mascot yes. of the yes. franchise, though. Yes. Which is not a great thing. No, it's not. It's terrible. Like, having a mascot is a great way to market something, right. but Star Trek 
I don't know. It it always feels shallow and like you're going against the entire like point of the series to be like so heavily into marketing Star Trek that you have to have a mascot. Like yeah, there's there's a reason why Trek. there was never a Tribble character with a little face on Saturday morning cartoons. Right. Dude, I I agree. I agree with you. Star Trek is too good of a show to have to be lowered to this like cheap uh, corporate schlock yeah. that they're shoving at you. And this is, there's the thing about Star Trek is there there's a core methodology and a core morality to the series mm-hmm. that as long as you have that, you can tell whatever stories you want. Right, which I think goes to sort of my point of like let's move on and focus on like I I mean I'm not again like you want Picard there fine but like yeah I'm fine with that too you're gonna have better you have to have good stories and better other characters too and they might I mean this might be a great series for all we know but like god I hope you're right Picard is being used as the worm on the end of the hook for us we don't know what's above the water we could be being slaughtered we are. We will be. But, well, so many people are just, like, super happily biting on that hook. And right. I can't blame them because, again, like I said, I was excited to learn that Patrick Stewart was going to be Picard again. But I'm also very wary. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's like your friend walks by, like, you're like a caveman and your friend walks by a bush and a tiger eats him. Like, you're not going to walk by that bush again. <laughs> That's a little more drastic of a It's a, a little example. drastic, but... But it feels like that, like, emotionally, right? Yeah. Like, it feels like you're being led down this, like, path where you're like, oh, I know what this is. Well, this happened before, is the yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I don't... Uh, Sam made the correct, like, uh, analogy when he talked about old Spock. Right. Like, everybody was super psyched for Spock to be back. Yeah. But that didn't make the movie any better. It's still a no. bad movie. <laughs> He was a, well, I mean, at the, God, there's so much about like he, that. He I, was a mascot character in that movie. It, it's, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so depressing. Sure. Not only that is he's, Leonard Nimoy was old as fuck at that point, And yep. it was like, this guy has no business. Like, not no business, but he, he is, he cannot do this. Like, I don't want to see Spock. super unnecessary. Yeah, I don't want to see Spock, like, literally dying. Like, come on. So uh, he signs his email off as Sam Lindstrom, Chief Bobby Pin Inspector on the USS Hazel Witch. Is that a job? Uh, it is now. <laughs> our, ne- right. our next email is entitled 2 a.m. email by James O'Fallon. Oh my god, it's 1.50. Oh That's pretty close. Maybe we should wait 10 minutes in silence. All right, read I'll it. just edit 10 minutes of silence right here. We'll just go ahead and wait. Hold on. All right, so he starts the email with trickle dickle bickles. <laughs> yeah, I love the I love the episode you guys just did. I love the part when Josh verbed his own noun while Jeff yeah. said had adjective noun about character. Great job! I see what he's doing. It's funny. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, as you may tell, I'm writing this at 2 a.m. while watching Deep Space Nine. Oh, sweet, though. I don't know quite what will make it into this email. I'm sort of just winging it. 
First, I'd like to say that M-Class gave me the last push I needed to watch Deep Space Nine, and I'm glad I am. I'll push you right off that Deep Space Nine cliff. Don't you worry. Whatever (laughs) happens while you're falling is up to you. That's right. But Uh, know that when you hit the bottom, you're going to be sad. It's a good show. It's true. The bottom is the end of the show. Uh, The last episode of the show is definitely like fucking hitting the bottom. Man, I get every every single time I watch it, I'm like, all right, I'm fucking sad as fuck. It is very sad. Your friends are gone. It sucks, dude. Second, let's see what happens when I stream of consciousness a peyote. Oh my god, our first almost live peyote. I am a big fan of people using peyote since Boston Sean hates it. I'm a fan of anything that anybody hates. Wait. <laughs> No, don't, don't, that's not true. Don't quote him on that. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. O'Brien finds a malfunction in one of the holosuites that seemingly turns the station into one giant hologram generator. Mm-hmm. Some kid on the station dreams up a big demon or something, and Klingons come over and fight it because they do that. Sure. Then Quark says, hey guys, money me please. <laughs> B-plot. That sounds like us. <laughs> We're pretty much Quarks. Go to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Money me, please. <laughs> Thanks, Quark. B-plot, Jake has been studying ancient Earth literature and is reading The Wizard of Oz. He dreams mm-hmm. of the Tin Man, and then Data shows up. Hijinks ensue. Oh, that's a pretty clever way to get like Data to show up. I'm all about Data showing up on Deep Space Nine, so yeah. I'll always pitch that. Yeah, I'll pitch the fuck out of a, anything with Data. Next email, please. Oh, he uh, he signs off as Junior Engineer James of the USS Icarus. Oh, that's a great ship name. Thank you. This that was great. Stay away from the suns. <laughs> Our next email is from Bart. Although Simpson? it's it's titled Charles, so I'm not what? sure. He says, "Hey Jeff. Hey Josh and Jeff." I know you've been doing this for a while now, but I hope the two of you are still having fun with the podcast. I hate it. Oh, I was going to say I liked it. I'm being sarcastic. You couldn't tell. Duh. Oh, well, that also hurt my feelings then, because you just implied that I'm dumb. I'm like a cool guy who doesn't give you an inch. He's he's given me at least one inch before, guys. At least one. It's the on top. A good day. <laughs> it's the top of my playlist every Wednesday night. Oh, thank you. Awesome. That's thank very you. nice. You have a time for some peyote? Oh, we do. Oh, I love doing peyote. Enterprise in the unmade fifth Pitch season. It. Oh no! Wait, wait. In the unmade Give fifth season. Give me the enterprise season, apps, please. We're on the eve of the first attack of the Romulan War. Yep. Daniel stole black. Uh, Daniel stole back the cloak detector, and Archer is scrambling to correlate four species w- of worth of. Oh. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got you. I I always try to edit as I read, but sometimes people put a lot of have a lot of typos, and it fucks me up. I'm sorry. It's okay. Archer is scrambling to correlate four species worth of contradicting reports and keep up with the ship movements around the quadrant. This is intercut with scenes of an eerily calm Romulan war room, the calm confidence of an empire that hasn't lost in decades against the chaos of a federation that's trying to find itself. 
Ooh. I'm thinking of Tora, 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 and I hope that comes across. Oh, that's so good. Hell yeah. That's so good. Oh, shit. I would I would pitch that. You got to have yeah. more in the episode, I think, but I would pitch that. That's, uh, yeah, that's, the, that's like, a, a very good, uh, like, baseline, but I uh, you sold me with the Tora, Tora, Tora thing. Hell that, yeah. I can see where it that. would go. That's, like, a whole, like... Oh, man. That's so good. All right, yeah, pitch it. Anyway, I also want to pitch a Trek Boys trivia night. I think it'd be cool, and maybe Tapon could stop by with some words of encouragement. Oh, fuck. That'd be great. Dude, we should do a Trek Boys trivia night. We should do us versus fans and, like, just kick their ass nine ways a Sunday. (laughs) We'd have to have a host for that. I'm pretty sure nobody would beat us. I'm I'm pretty sure we could sing... Jeff, you and I could, like, any take on any comers and i mean that spelled both ways <laughs> we would be a completely unbeatable team all it these would be peons. a wrecking crew of fucking trivia it would be uh, disgusting how much we would win yeah you guys would have to cry you would have to cry at you how would badly leave in tears you would never watch tears. star trek again you would be yeah. so destroyed <laughs> You would hate Star Trek so much because we are so much smarter at it. <laughs> we'll have to figure out if we can get a host. Yeah. I mean, we might know somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, like, what the best way to do this would be. It would be tough. Um, like, I don't know. It, it could be a stream. It yeah, a stream. I think it could be a stream, but, like, how do we answer without giving everybody the answer? <laughs> <laughs> right. It would have to, like, have an... Uh, yeah, it would... Hmm. We'd have to write it down and not look sure. at the stream. Yeah, we would not be watching the stream. Yeah. We could write it down. Right. How would like we, we could, show the audience what we wrote down, we'd, We would really have to be in the same room, though, which I think would... Because we'd have know. to con- confer with each other. We'd have That's to, like, true. Somehow we would have to, like, be able to talk to each other without them hearing us. That's true. I mean, that could be as That's simple tough. as whoever's streaming, like, muting the stream while that, we're talking. We could have, like, them do that, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I could stream it easy, and, like, I have a different slider for music and for audio. Yeah. Yeah, I could just could turn our audio too. off and keep the music on. Yep. That We'll figure this out, because this That's sounds fun idea. as hell. Like, that, I appreciate that suggestion, because that's really good. And the winner controls the universe. <laughs> The winner gets the Infinity Gauntlet. Ah, oh, fuck. From Star Trek? <laughs> From I love Star that Trek. episode. Do you remember that episode where Data gets the Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> um, I heard that Data was made out of pieces of the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> that would explain so much. That's a little bit of cross-world fanfic going yeah. on. I'll let you guys go now. The Orions kicked me out of their ship and shot me out headed towards the nearest star... I've got about five hours left with just me and a sex dummy they left here. <laughs> they shoot you in, like, the Spock torpedo? Yeah, except it's male. Looks like Shrek. Signed, no. Bart. Captain no, of Escape it. Capsule Theta-7. <laughs> this is the guy who escaped Rorapenthe. Oh, fuck. This dude is getting <laughs> fucked nine ways Yeah, Sunday. things have not been going well for old Bart, previously known yeah. as Charles. You need a vacation on uh, Ryza, dude. Like, if you go anywhere near the edge of the beta quadrant, we're kind of close to there. Let us know. We'll pick you up. 
I just had like a funny vision of Bart slash Charles on Ryza. Like the camera like pans up and he's like got a horgon sitting there and he's drinking out of like a coconut or something. And then the camera just like t- like pans over to the dummy sitting next to him. <laughs> <laughs> like the sex doll is there with him, and the sex doll has its own coconut. On its <laughs> yep. It's very airplane. It's like such an airplane. It really joke. is. Thank you for the email, though, Bart. Especially the trivia night thing. That might be a That's great so thing good. for patrons. Yeah, you get to take on us. Take on us. Take on us. Against Star Trek. Uh, it's really late, and I'm so tired, but there's a theme song. There. We'll, we'll get it by the time the stream happens, for, yeah, sure. for sure. For sure, for sure. Our next email is from Yakub. Yakub. Who says, don't talk to me before I had my morning Trek boys. Thank you, I agree. <laughs> I understand I understand all the Discovery classic alien alienation criticism, but mm. I think Saru from Discovery comes from a fascinating race. Mm-hmm. The Kelpians are focused on survival so much that they develop a sense and physical characteristics which lets them know about possible danger. <laughs> what just happened? I tripped over a word and decided to go with it. <laughs> I loved it. I tasked myself with coming up with a concept for a new alien race that could appear in Trek even for one episode. Here okay. comes the pitch. All right. A B plot. Tilly binges old nature documentaries. Okay. A plot. The Discovery is trapped in an asteroid field. The warp is unavailable, and spore drive use has been forbidden. As they slowly retcon that one, huh? Sure, it it breaks down, and they just ditch it in the ditch. They're just like, "This is the most valuable thing ever. Let's not use it anymore." (laughs) As they slowly putter on impulse, they notice an object following closely behind them. The scans show it's a manned craft, but it doesn't respond to hails. Okay. It appears to be collecting the particles that the impulse drive exhausts, and it's gaining on the Discovery. There's an Enterprise episode like this. Pike goes to red alert, but withholds action when Tilly bursts onto the bridge. She's oh, wait, r- is Pike here now? Yeah, it's season two. Is he the uh, captain of this thing now? Is yeah. that what's going on? In season two, Pike takes control of the Discovery. Oh, so is that what happens to Pike? Like, it, like, suppose, like, that's why he's not the captain of the Enterprise anymore? Is that where they're uh, going with this? Maybe. I think that's what they're gonna do. Probably, like that's what like that's why he's not the captain, and then that's where Kirk comes in. It's like where that diverges. Hopefully, they don't yeah. get. They did get somebody new to play Spock, so they'll probably do the same for Kirk. I don't want there to be a Spock. No. <laughs> Continuing. Mm-hmm. She's rambling about watching planet Earth and about sharks and suckerfish. At the same time, the yes. alien craft sends a thank you message and disappears off the instruments. The captain cancels red alert and tasks Tilly to make an, that an entry about this encounter in the databanks. Mm-hmm. She logs the newly met race as the Ramorans. Okay. That's it. I like that. I yeah. think that that's good. That's like the most Star Trek-ass thing I've ever heard from Discovery. <laughs> That's, I'll pitch that. That was good. It would be great if after the... Because, I mean, it has to be like a full-length episode, right? Right, right. If um, after the ship won't respond to hails, they try and figure out ways to get rid of the ship. Like, maybe if yeah. we uh, send out too much exhaust, its instruments won't right. be able to intake it or whatever. Right. And that just makes it even better at what it's yeah. doing. Yeah, like it's like a... 
like they believe it's a parasite. What would be okay? What would be even better <laughs> is that happens what Jeff said, but in the end, you find out that the ship, the Remoran ship, actually like prevented like a breach of some kind or something by like in taking the exhaust or whatever yeah like as a like like the crew of the discovery thinks it's a parasite but really it's a symbiote i think that would be really interesting like, like can, i would i would punch this up even more with the fact that they don't know it's a craft when it shows right. up it looks right. too biological like they're on the fence about whether it's a craft or not yeah they and, don't know what it is yeah. and when it like absorbs the particles and stuff and they learn about the sucker fish yeah. then they are, like, 100% thinking that it's, like, an actual creature, but right. then they get the text message from them that says, thank you. Right. Yep. All right. That's a damn good episode. I'll I'm piss into it. it. Yep. We did that good. together, Yaku. We good all work together. High five. Uh, he says, yours commensal, Ensign of Science's Yakub aboard the USS Sea Cucumber. <laughs> Damn, the proud members of the sea cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> Served 20 years on the sea cucumber. Ah, uh, that fine vessel. Mm. Uh, our next email is from Tapon. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, although it's titled To the Shitty Little Satellite That I Love So Much. Wait, that doesn't sound like Tapon. I'm curious about this email. This does not. Tapon. Is he going through the pond far? I don't know. It starts out, Ensigns Pennington and Henderson, Tampon here, of the Tampons radio program. This is not Tampon. Tampon doesn't say this. Aboard the USS Tampons radio program. (laughs) We are working hard to produce the usual drivel you've come to expect. You know, (laughs) theoretical nonsense on logic or entreaties on serenity or some other bullshit. (laughs) Anyway, this is a fucking. I don't. What? What is happening? Just wanted to drop you a line to tell you about some recent changes to the programming. Okay. Our flathead producers here at the Tampons Radio Program (laughs) have decided that I am dull, my haircut is terrible, my wardrobe is without shoulder pads, and my show (laughs) is not entertaining enough to continue having the best time slot on the USS. On the USS Tampons radio program schedule. Is this like when the janitors take over the radio station and they change formats? Maybe. Is that what this is? Maybe. Does anyone understand that reference? Does anyone remember the radio? <laughs> uh, we live in the 24th century, so no. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> of course they don't remember that. Uh, start, starting tomorrow, one host with the most will be heading up to the 20, uh, 20 to 7 o'clock time slot. I don't know how to say military time correctly. 20 hundred hours. You know him from his criminally popular drive time show, Leader of the Targ Park. He's the best <laughs> broadcaster on either side of the neutral zone. The amazing oh, wow. sub-commander Hoteen. Hoteen? Hoteen's show will deal with galactic politics. His arguments even had me believing that reunification is worthless. Wow, Call-ins for Romulan. those... <laughs> Call-ins for those weary of their positions in the Federation. And a handy guide to the best, most secure communication channels to transmit on. A good show for Starfleet personnel. <laughs> this is like some Tokyo Rose shit. <laughs> you guys know who Tokyo, do you know who Tokyo Rose yes. is? Yes. 
You do. I know you do. But uh, like, do they know who Tokyo Rose is? I have it on. Can they answer me? Yeah. Tell him, guys. Stop being quiet. You've been yeah, quiet for a million up. shows. Fucking tell us. <laughs> Uh, I have it on good authority that in the first show he has booked some Orion slave girls and a few Platonians to agree to wrestle for our entertainment. This this is like <laughs> this is like if Tapan was like Howard Stern. Yeah. I'm genuinely sorry for the poor quality of my programming thus far, as well as my general shoddy personality. <laughs> I blame it on my lack of activity during Pon Far. Even enforced seven-year sex cycles don't help me cloak my warship, so to speak. I knew it. I knew it. Maybe in four years, seven months, and 12 days, I'll lighten up a bit. (laughs) Damn, dude. Signed, live long and suck it. Tampon. (laughs) Tampon's soon-to-be-replaced radio program. The USS Tampon's radio program. (laughs) Uh, P.S. Hey Pennington, you mentioned those heaters I gave you a bunch of had a bunch of numbers on them. Mind reading them on the air, please? Just want to make sure you got them all. Read them on Jesus. the air. Jesus. Uh, I noticed something a little strange about this email. Yeah. There are certain letters of the email that are capitalized uh-huh. and bolded. Sure. So you put a code in it. It's a code. Uh, so I, I spent a little bit of time with our supercomputer, <laughs> yeah. uh, trying to get this code through, and I finally figured out that it says, mm. uh, Federation, okay. ship, yep. t- Titan, Federation ship Titan, okay, Riker's ship, spotted mm-hmm. at Galorndon Core. Oh my god. Oh shit, I wasn't supposed to say that out loud! It's fucking codes! I said that out loud! Oh well, no! Now, that, now they know that we know, though, so that's good. No, now we transmitted that to all of them. Oh, we fucking. Oh god, we, oh, we just god. did their... I'm gonna get demoted again! Nah, it's like impossible, dude. <laughs> They're gonna send me to an even worse satellite! Nah, let's just fucking watch more Valky show. Oh, fuck. I love those guys. Cousin <laughs> Larry. Fuck. You know what? Things would be different around here if fucking Balky was in charge. <laughs> we would be, like, reunified already. Like, Vulcans and Romulans yeah. would be reunified, and they would all sing the song of Meepos and do the happy dance. Yeah. I mean, fucking, like... That's what Balky does to any culture. That's what they did to us in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess that Balky was helping out Zephram Cochran. He must have. <laughs> he really is the forefather we didn't know we had. <laughs> anyway, I would like to apologize uh, to High Command. Sorry. Uh, sorry to Captain Riker. And yeah. his wife, hopefully, um, y- your death is swift and painless. No, this dude, he's just gonna do the Riker maneuver and gather up. Is all that, that when that he pulls out before he jizzes? Metro. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one. Oh, okay, the the one in the books. Okay. <laughs> um, hopefully that email doesn't get us into too much trouble. I was to say something, but I don't remember what it was because there's a lot going on. Right yeah, the, <laughs> things changed quite quite rapidly in we that email. We shifted gears hard. Um, I don't know. Our next email. <laughs> I kind of missed Tapon. Yeah, hopefully Tapon isn't dead. He's not dead. 
God, what a horrible day in Federation history if Tapon died. Well, we'll just take him to the fucking uh, Genesis planet and just make him be Tapon again. They destroyed that. We'll just make another we'll one. We'll just fucking make another one. Whatever. Yeah. I'm a scientist. We can do it. We have, like, a ton of shit down in, like, the lower decks that the Federation just, like, got rid of. Do you think how the Genesis device is down there? Maybe, but, like, how much does Proto matter? <laughs> <laughs> can we find some of that? There might be some down there. All right, we'll look. <laughs> anyway, our next email is from mm-hmm. Phantom Thief Goofus. Oh, love that Goofus. Love that Goofus. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Ahoy, Trek boys. Hi. I like saying that because of the rhyme. Mm-hmm. How's it going? I hope it's going all right. It was going a lot better before that last email, Goofus. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of sad about my Vulcan friend, Tampon. <laughs> Yeah. He got flushed down the toilet like so many before him. Yeah, it's not good for your pipes, man. No. You gotta have, like, a special, like, throwaway zone. Uh, I don't have any pitches. My writers went on strike. Oh, wow. What do you think other races' architecture looks like? Do you think Betazoids have use for doors? Their weddings are all nude, so why not the domestic <laughs> life? I bet Klingons have a bunch of spikes or something. Signed, Phantom <laughs> Thief Goofus. Captain and founder of Cool Crimes Incorporated. And then in uh, in brackets he put be seeing you soon. That's terrifying. This is this these emails are really creeping me out. Why is everyone if, threatening us? I don't know if it's like two in the morning and I'm like kinda of spooked out by or whatever, but like these are crazy. I'm scared. Is the question do I think aliens use doors? Is the question is do betazoids use doors? Of course. But their weddings are nude. But that doesn't mean you want to spend every moment around somebody by not having doors. They do. Betazoids do have clothes. Yeah. They, they only, they only get naked things. during weddings because yeah. that's like when you're supposed to be bearing yourself. Right. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. And it's like a wedding ring, but a lot hotter than a wedding Yeah. Ring. Well, or grosser. Depending, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a seesaw, right? <laughs> it could go either way. Um, uh, but there's like doors are mainly for like security and like warmth. Like, that's yeah. why we have doors. And as we've learned, Betazoids can go insane and become murderers. So having yeah, a door would be very useful. Of course, I think I'm pretty sure that every society that uses buildings probably has doors. True. And it's just you know. Do you think Goofus is gonna kill us? Uh, you know what? If he does, I just hope it's quick. <laughs> I never got to use the hollow suite. I mean, go to town, man. I won't bother you. In there. <laughs> uh, our next computer uh, set up a uh, sensor log for what goes on in the hollow. <laughs> what? What was that? Nothing. Uh. Uh. uh okay. Continue uh, reading. Our next email is from James. Hi, James. Who says a hizzle trek bizzles? <laughs> it's like Snoop Dogg talk from two thousand and four. Man. Do you remember 2004? I don't, because I wasn't I born sh- then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, no. I agree with that. All, all I have this week is a pitch it or ditch it. Sadly, not about Dookie or written at 2 a.m., but in fact stolen from my friend's d right, session. We're today. doing that thing again where everyone is doing the same thing. This is so weird. Why are you all the same guy? I sometimes think that 
this is not a real thing and people I, this is so weird you think i write all these no 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 i don't no because you'd have to write them and then make sure that we did the same thing that they're doing it's creepy okay i'm gonna skip this email for two reasons okay cool uh one uh this is uh junior engineer james o'fallon of the uss icarus who already sent in an email okay and two it's real long next email <laughs> That Th- takes care of that. Thanks for sending that in, though. Our next email is from uh, Ben Baylor. Ben Beeler. I always say Baylor. I don't know why. Ben I Beeler. just call him Desrath because that's what I know him from the yeah. streams and stuff. Desrath, who says, Trek Boys. Hello. Pitchers or Ditchers? <laughs> this is the, like, dollar store version. Yeah. <laughs> Pitchers or Ditchers? Wharf. <laughs> Sincerely, Captain Desrath of the USS Lollipop. <laughs> I hear that's a good ship. <laughs> I totally walked right into that. I one, stole man. that joke from him. I, told, I yeah, stole that I joke from Desiree. <laughs> oh, he said it. He did. Say, he didn't say it in the email. He said oh. it in the Discord. That's funny. Uh, I I'm gonna pitch Worf at all times. Worf yeah, is I good. I don't understand Worf forever. Pitch Worf. Worf with like uh, the corn R. <laughs> <laughs> like the backwards R. Maybe? No. <laughs> uh, oh shit! We have an incoming transmission. Oh shit! Oh fuck! Jesus. Oh, uh, communication ow. for the inhabitants of relay satellite TRKBO15. Is that us? Oh, that relays to satellite M. Okay. Oh good. I was like, shit! Somebody butt dialed. Uh, <laughs> from Sean M, a dink who draws pictures. Another Sean. <laughs> What's with everyone saying dink lately? Is that I, from... Oh, it's from The Good Place, that's why. Yeah. I, I said it the other day, and it's not even... I, I don't even watch The Good Place that much. Uh, I love that show. It is a good show. <laughs> hey, you guys. Big fan of the series and always eager to see what new collections you'll come up with. I hope you do a triple collection, if for nothing else than to yes. get you to talk more about the Star Trek cartoon. Uh, We definitely should, because there's... I mean that episode of, of TOS is classic as fuck. It is, and, and you get to we watch can it do twice the Deep Space Nine. Nine. Yeah. yeah, you get to see it twice. Um, I have a question I wanted to swing your way, and a sort of peyote. So here we go. Okay. With the recent release of Star Trek versus Transformers adding to the franchise's long run of odd crossovers, it's a comic. I'm going to pretend I know about this. Sure. That's a comic. Having our favorite crews encounter the likes of the X-Men, the Legion of Superheroes, Doctor Mm. Who, the Planet of the Apes, the Green Lanterns, and Xenomorphs from Aliens. Doctor Who is interesting. That might be, like, one of the most interesting ones. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good fit, actually. Yeah, because he's kind of Q-like, right? Yeah, it's a hell of a lot better than the (laughs) X-Men. Or the Xenomorphs from Alien. Yeah, the X-Men is such a weird comic. Did you ever read that one? I never read that one. It's from the 90s, so it's like all those comics are just like the characters winking at each other the whole pretty time. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, like Wolverine gives Worf a cigar, and yeah. he's like, "Here's exactly. a stogie," and Worf's like, "Stogie." Right. He knows what one is. He smoked one when he was a cowboy. Yeah. I was curious if you were able to do a Star Trek crossover story without any fear of licensing or legal issues. What franchise would you cross it over with, and which version or series of Star Trek would you use? Oh uh, man, uh, uh. I would do Toe Jam and Earl, <laughs> and I would have them cross over with TNG. 
Holy shit, you knew the answer to that right away. I um, have a vinyl figurine of Toe Jam on my desk as well. <laughs> Dude, I remember staying up all night trying to beat the second one. I love that game so much. I fucking love that game too. The first the, one is like really fucking good, but I think the second one is my the favorite. The first one's great, but it'll make you punch something. Yeah. If you fall through like eight levels, you'll fucking want to die. Oh man! Oh god! Uh, fuck! I don't know what would That's a fit. Tough like, one. yeah, what would fit? Like, what if? All right, what if he did like out of like everyone's thinking space and space, right? Like, what if sure. he did like Star Trek, but like uh, uh, another thing exists within the universe that happened before? Hmm. Like, hey, um, why don't you, we do, like, a fantasy story? And, like, Star Trek, they go back in time, and they're like, wait, why is this, like, a weird fantasy time? We have to find out great. why. That would be great. Or like, if it's... What if it's just, like, Braveheart and Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> and they go back, and it's just like, oh, there's William Wallace. <laughs> they, should, they should do, um... Like... I lost it. I lost my train of thought, everybody. There's, there's an Enterprise episode where T'Pol T- and uh, Archer go back to Detroit in the 2000s. That one's mm-hmm. awesome. What if it's just, like, Star Trek and, like, uh, Law and Order? <laughs> <laughs> just completely random. All right, I'm like- going to choose Star Trek and Webster. Oh, wait, <laughs> that already happened. <laughs> Look it up. Oh, Webster. You are the better version of uh, that other show. Well, I think I might be wrong. What was that other show? Silver Spoons? Was that the one where... No, it is Webster. I was right. It It was was Webster. Webster. I looked it up. Webster had, like, a tunnel. Remember when he hid from the robbers in, like, his tunnel? No. (laughs) I do. I didn't watch a whole lot of Webster, buddy. I'm sorry. Well... Here's the thing. It was great. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like crossovers are, like Josh said, it's just like the two shows winking at each other a whole bunch. Yeah, it's It's Usually it's dumb. Like it's There's a, a crossover episode, technically, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where the new girl is in it, Zoe Deschanel, uh, like Zoe the same Deschanel. character. That's pretty fun. And it's just uh, Jake Peralta, the main character, commandeers her car. So that he can chase a perp, and she just That's complains about it the whole time. And then that once that scene is over, she's not in it anymore. That's fucking great. <laughs> That's I would love that awesome. type of crossover. Yeah, that works great. Like the oh, episode man. with the bell riots in Deep Space Nine, where like yeah. Kira and O'Brien keep jumping to different time periods. I love when they go to the sixties. Yeah, they go to the se- like they jump to the seventies, and the cast of that seventies show is there. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so you're like on a whole nother level right now i can't even keep up with how great this is that's incredible fuck dude i did it i did end it the, end the entire show it's not gonna get better than that <laughs> uh okay as for my peyote <laughs> during the final systems test of the new intrepid class starship the voyager Mm-hmm. An unknown error with the new experimental drive unit causes the ship to jump across space and find itself deposited deep in the unexplored Delta Quadrant. That's already that show, but also, like, <laughs> why is it always experimental drive? I hate that. I don't know. 
The ship, Sorry. heavily damaged by the jump and understaffed by a skeleton crew of engineers, security officers, and a few others, uh-huh. including the new captain Janeway and her first officer Tuvok, to deal with their dangerous predicament. More like Captain Lameway. Oh no, you misogynist! <laughs> Uh, the crew of the Voyager must struggle to keep the ship working using whatever technology and parts they can get their hands on as they try to find a way home, as well yeah. as dealing with a myriad of unknown cultures and life forms in the Delta Quadrant, and no mention of the damn Maquis at all. Thanks for your time and for the many laughs, Sean M. I'm going to pitch that for no Maquis. Uh, yeah, I'll pitch that. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, the Stargate show Prometheus was exactly that show, and it was interesting for the very reasons that uh, you kind of laid out in your pitch. Um, yeah, having it be damaged would like yeah. go worlds do like worlds difference for the Voyager story. Their ship so, is almost always in almost perfect order. Is it, it wait, is that what it's called? Stargate Prometheus Stargate uh, Atlantis? No, it's oh, fuck, what was it? I don't know. But, like, they didn't know how the... Andromeda, sorry. Fuck, Dude, they Stargate went Andromeda. nuts with the Stargates. They yeah, went nuts. There's, so, there's, like, six of them. I uh, only watched SG-1 in the movie, so... But in Andromeda, they, they like, are on a Stargate ship uh, that they don't know how to work because it's, like, alien, and they're, like... They get trapped on it because, like, there's a bunch of Stargates, like, on the ship that, like, go to different places. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's... that's I always thought that was cool. It, it allowed you to, like... Uh, explore the ship in a way that made it like a diff- you could do different things every episode which was cool that sounds pretty cool actually it was pretty cool it sounds I, a lot I, better than Andromeda starring Kevin Sorbo <laughs> well he's insane so he is a legitimate fucking psycho so yeah he's he's probably did too many steroids and is now his brain is fried now so <laughs> well thank you for the email Sean we appreciate it yeah, and uh, speaking of Sean's, here's Boston Sean Dupree. I knew this guy was coming. <laughs> he says, Troy boys. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Loaxana here. Me too. Me Wait, what? three. <laughs> I love Loaxana. Nah, she's the best. I've noticed some stellar pitches going around here. Well, I've brought a couple pitches of my own, and one <laughs> that Rich and I did together. Nice. One, Deanna's mother is visiting the ship. Deanna's all, ugh, mother is so annoying. But to her surprise, Luoxana makes herself sparse. The ship computer reveals that she spent most of her time in the holodeck. Deanna investigates and finds hollow copies of all the men on the ship in very revealing attire. (laughs) Oh my god. Tune in Friday at 8 for Luoxana Get Some. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, disturbing. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> have sex with fake men that don't exist. Yeah, you kind of have to, like... Or, like, dead people. <laughs> that sounded worse than I meant it to. Like, people who aren't yet in existence any longer right. are fine. Like, historical they, people are fine. Like, if she right. wants to go in there and fuck Kirk, she can do that. Yeah, or, like, people who've donated their body to holographic science. And, <laughs> I'd like, do that. That oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Like when I die, you can scan my body and make me into a hologram that fucks people. <laughs> <laughs> like not only just fucks people, like you would also be one of the people yeah. who are like doing Henry V. With- right, you could be like a template character that yeah. gets put into these, like an NPC character. Right? I'd be great for. I'd be happy with yeah, that. That'd be cool. Um, number two, special credit to Rich who came up with the scenario. Data decides to watch some old 20th century TV in order to get a better understanding of the human Balky recreation. Show. 
It's called Perfect Strangers, Josh. He decides that each of his friends need individual theme songs and takes it upon himself to follow them around (laughs) playing their accompanied music. How will he accomplish this? The answer can be found in The Measure of a One-Man Band. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's fucking ingenious, that title. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I'll pitch that one because that title sold me. I'll pitch that one as well. If if all the themes are like the perfect strangers, standing theme, tall on the wings of our dreams, dreams, rise and fall. I'll do the whole th- fucking thing. Three, the Dominion has been defeated. The biggest players in the Alpha Quadrant have put aside their differences and drove a common foe from their territory. Yep, I saw this already. Big party at Deep Space Nine, y'all. <laughs> And what a party was had. Romulans drinking blood wine with Klingons, Bajorans yeah. and Cardassians in the same room. All the while, Admiral Ross and Commander Kira watch over the promenade discussing what peace means for the sector. I will only pitch this if a Klingon ship guy kisses a nurse from sickbay like in that iconic <laughs> World War II photo. <laughs> Uh, peace is like a sunny day, Commander. It's easy to forget that it'll rain again when you're enjoying it. Damn. The Romulans leave the party first, wishing everyone a fond farewell, and as their ships disembark, a strange energy wave is emitted, which gently rocks the station. Everyone's a little dazed, but as they come to, they find that the Universal Translators have been damaged beyond repair. (laughs) Similar attacks have occurred at celebrations on other major planets throughout Federation (laughs) space. Deep Space Nine Season 8 begins with Fall of Babel. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's a really good one. That's, that's like a really good. good pitch. Yeah. Like, especially if they can't figure out how to fix it right away. Like, how do you communicate? You'd have to get, like, people who know Klingon. Right, you'd have to... It would uh, emphasize the need for those people again, which I think is an interesting twist, right? Yeah, like, like, a a profession that hasn't been around in, like, large numbers for hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years. Right, like, you gotta go back to, like, uh, Ensign Sato, where she, like, learns all these languages, right? I'll pitch that. That's I'll yeah. hard pitch that actually. That's I really like that one. one. Yeah. Uh, as always, thanks for reading. Hope you guys are safe orbiting that stupid planet. <laughs> petty officer, petty transport officer, Boston Sean aboard the USS Tapons radio program. You got oh, some shit back. going down over there, dude. <laughs> like I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but like some shits happen. <laughs> Someone's like pirating your fucking bandwidth over here, dude. Like we got a. Is this Poutine or something? What was his name? Hotine. Yeah, Poutine. Sub Commander Hotine. We got tampon Poutine. What's the ne- What's gonna be next? <laughs> Josh has got a shtick going. Everybody. I'm like a, I'm like <laughs> that's someone's stupid grandfather. Ooh, Poutine. Uh, tampon. <laughs> that was Cotton Hill, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh, oh yeah, that was uh, yeah. what's his name? The guy that Hank Hill's based on. Oh, uh, the stapler guy. No, he's the voice of the stapler guy, right? Maybe. Not Actually, like I'm thinking movie, about like the, the the teacher, the gym teacher for Beavis and Butthead. Is who I'm thinking of. Oh, oh, the uh, the gym teacher was like the the Royd guy. You yeah, the, and he the was always. Guy? I don't know. Somebody was always going. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yes. No, you are... Yes. The guy from Beavis and Butthead 
who was their neighbor who looked like Hank Hill. Yes, that guy. Yes. He was bald, though. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Anyway. We got there. Our next email is from Rich. What? What? what, what now? What? what? We just heard about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> they so do, much about they you, do have a chat room that they're all in together. They could definitely have coordinated some they, of this. Yeah. Uh, yo, Trekkie Bees. <laughs> cool. Given that I got such nice compliments from the two of you on the last two Boston Sean's Pitch It or Ditch It. Oh, look at this guy. There you go, Pitch. Sean. I used the full title, okay? Plugging your friend over here. I'll keep this streak going as long as I can. Maybe you All have right. to be a two-parter. It's a long one. Oh, jeez. It's called Corrective Measures. Okay, like, oh, like a man. eye doctor? This has a lot of words. Um, <laughs> yeah. The crew are sitting down for dinner at a cybernetic symposium on Draxum 4. That place. Where a group think they may have cracked the Soong method for artificial life. What? Guest of Honor Data uncharacteristically offends the delegation by arriving hours late. And he says, too soon? Later, Beverly and Data are walking to their quarters. Data admits that he has felt distracted recently and has st- restarted his dream program to unpack new information in a more human way. He's dreaming about fire and birds again. Probably. Long hallways that he keeps going down forever. Creepy. He confides that he isn't feeling himself, but seems excited at the prospect of becoming an unreliable human. An amused but concerned Beverly comforts him and says that sometimes everyone can forget the little social graces, but he tells her it should be impossible for him to forget anything. Right. Crusher says not to overstretch and to come see her if things get worse. Oh, Jesus. This sounds like a come on. (laughs) Are you fully functional? (laughs) Uh, When Data gets back to his quarters, he ignores Beverly's advice and reinitializes his dreaming program. He twitches in his sleep. Oh shit! Titles. Like that weird data. Oh what? Twitch. That weird data twitch. I'm doing it. You can't see it. He's. I see it. We're we're not on the same side of the satellite, but I can see it through the windows. Oh, like through the window, like I'm doing. It. <laughs> Get back inside. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, fast forward. Miss the start. Go back. Then decide to lose the first line of dialogue to just start the episode. What? What? Is this getting meta? <laughs> what? Ignore that. Strike it. (laughs) Data is in the group of scientists' lab recounting some of the cybernetic experiments he's undertaken from law to his encounters with lore. He turns the questioning to them, wanting to know how they've been able to replicate him. The turning point was the introduction of the genius scientist with a natural gift for cybernetics, a secretive and scarred woman. She reveals the secret as her dissection of lore alongside the now-missing Commander Maddox. Damn, he's missing? What's happening? <laughs> What's, hap- What's going on? Data seems shocked and a little Data upset at the turn of events, deciding to take no further part in the symposium. Mm. The argument turns heated and Data leaves. Bye, Data. Picard calls Data to his ready room and tries to get him to help the scientist, even though Picard himself has formally protested to Starfleet. Mm. Though Data is initially reluctant, Picard tells him that his input could stop future androids becoming like lore. Data agrees, but when he arrives, two of the scientists lie dead in the lab. What? I'm scared. Hold me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Worf's investigation is recounted in the meeting room. There was no physical evidence, and the lab was locked from the inside. 
During the briefing, Data is distracted and easily startled. He can hear the screams of the scientist in his mind. Damn, this dude's going full mental fucking breakdown. No here. doubt. Oh, I know what's gonna happen. I bet. Oh fuck, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be like before or another android or something. Oh fuck, dude, I already know. Let's see. Let's see. Oh fuck, am I right? Am I right? After the meeting, Data is about to speak to Beverly and Jordy when a communication comes up from the planet. Two more scientists have been killed. An away team goes down to the lab, and Data can see memories of the dead scientists running from him. Fearing he is somehow responsible, he tells Crusher and LaForge. Their diagnostics on Data show that he's been tampered with in the past few days, and there is a secret subroutine in his positronic net. Before they can report it, the genius scientists barge in and stuns Jordy and Beverly. Bye. It turns out the genius is one of Lore's former Borg acolytes trying to resurrect her lord. I just want to say that Borg Acolyte is a fucking dope two words put together. It really is. <laughs> it's fucking cool. Uh, she was given a backup of Lore's personality and has been downloading it to Data through his dream sequence. Oh, okay. I see. The scientist activates Lore's program fully and he takes control of Data. Dun, dun, dun. I was sort of correct. <laughs> They've been testing the takeover subroutine for days. Lord yeah. temporarily hijacking Data during his dream cycle to take control and kill the people who wanted to replicate him. He doesn't want lots of imitations, just a new body, and for his brother and he to be together. Finally! Always. A, I was going to say, finally, a bigger dick. <laughs> you know Lord's got small dick. Why did Father do this to me? That's why he's so pissed. He yeah. saw the schematic and was like, that dude's got like a nine-inch flaccid penis. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, flaccid? Uh, Lord yeah. commandeers the Enterprise, sets the self-destruct, and heads for the shuttle. How did he do that? <laughs> How did he set the self-destruct? We'll figure it out. Anyway, he heads for the shuttle bay, but Beverly gets there first. She talks to him, and More how like he'll cleverly. feel when... Oh, man, that's clever. <laughs> Before, but Beverly gets there first. She talks to him about how he'll feel when he thinks back about killing all of Data's friends. Yeah. At first, Lore shrugs off the idea, but Data has the ability to process absence and miss friends, an ability Lore has never possessed due to his sociopathy. It messes with Lore's rage. Now he can't just ignore the guilt. A battle between his and Data's programming stopping him from doing anything. Dr. Dis Jekyll and Mr. Lore... Distracted, the crew subdue him, save the remaining scientists, and finally purge Lore's programming for good. The only loose end is they can't locate the ex-Borg scientist. Uh-oh. While Data is being repaired, Riker goes to check he's alright one night. He tells Will that he will be on time when he's fit for duty again. Ditch it, Will's in it. <laughs> Not Will Whedon, Will Riker. Oh, oh, oh. He oh. tells Riker he'll be on time... Uh, when he's fit for duty again, but Riker tells him to take a few days off, wishing him sweet dreams. Ah. The Borg sits on a cargo ship with the Soong replication designs and is already whittling a new lore hand, speaking oh in tongues God. to herself like a religious nut. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is some fucking... This reminds me of something... This is so g fucking rich. Why aren't you yeah. just writing the show? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously gonna. I'm not gonna not pitch this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna super pitch this one. Like, yeah. riches are always really long, and I'm worried when I start. Like, oh yeah, no, this is gonna like take up a bunch book, of time. You're like, hell yeah. 
Yeah, but it takes up time on, like, a really fucking great story idea that I wish was real. Yeah. It makes me sad, though, because it's not, and, like, life is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he finishes out the emo with, Keep up the good work, you excellent fellows. Uniform Taylor on the USS Tapons radio program and proud oh, patron, man. Rich. Dude, some shit's going down over there. Yeah, check out, like, the change the locks or something to yeah. the radio Like, program. you guys should check on Tapon, please, and get yeah, back to sure us. Yeah, fine. I, I'm worried. Call me when you find him. Uh, call us. Our phone number is 866-443-664-893-3346824864. Yeah, it's just like a 23-digit long number that anyone can remember. Or you can just send us a subspace message to satellite yeah, an M. emoji, like a thumbs-up emoji or something. <laughs> we got, like, Romulan and Vulcan emojis now, right? Just send us which yeah. one he is right now. Wait, what's the Romulan one? It, he's got the shoulders. It's like the Romulan head and then the big shoulder pads. Wait, where? In the phone? Yeah, it's the 24th century. We've got Romulan ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> that you thought you're like wait let me get my phone well, they do have the fucking <laughs> they do have the live long and prosper one they do they do have that one i was like i was trying to think like what would be the romulan equivalent like some sort of romulan middle finger or something <laughs> i don't know uh our next email is from jack carpenter oh i know jack jack's a good guy Mm-hmm. He says, hey, y'all, big fan of pizza monsters here. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm writing this while on a work trip to New Orleans. I looked and asked around for Cisco's Creole Kitchen in the French Quarter, but unfortunately I couldn't find All it. All right, this is my favorite email of the night so far. It's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> I did manage to find about a dozen Sazeracs. <laughs> Sazerics? I don't know what that is. We don't have that. And proceeded to drink them promptly. I woke up the next morning with, like, 20 bead necklaces and don't know how I got them. Oopsie! (laughs) For a dude, though, it's just showing a little ball. Just one ball. You just Just pop one one ball. nut out. Anyway, (laughs) here's an incredibly stupid waste of time request for all of y'all. Awesome! My favorite! (laughs) This could go on forever, so don't feel like you gotta go through all of it. Okay. You've got the whole cast of every Star Trek. Pick your starting five in a basketball game. Oh, man. Uh, Worf, uh, Data, obviously. Oh, he's got positions set up here. Oh, he does. Okay. He's got uh, he's got point guard, shooting guard. Which one? Okay, like, I don't know about the... Which one's point guard? <laughs> point guard is the one who guards for points. Basketball positions are more, like, suggestions well, they, they than like anything. Right, yeah, because, like, the offense... But is point like guard crazy. is, like, a leader position. I know center is the guy who stands under the basket. Yeah, center is, like... Guard, really. It's like your main right. guard. Point guard is like the leader position. Like you're right. the captain of the team is the point guard. Yeah, but they're not. But since like everyone's moving around, it's not like he uh, he did outline his team. Okay. Point guard Kirk. He's a proven leader. Shows creativity, and I feel like he could distribute the rock well. Yeah. Um. Fucking hold up. <laughs> nope. I lost the email for a second. Okay, shooting guard. Kira, aggressive, decisive. Definitely a slashing guard that could take it to the hole and score when needed. I love Kira. Small forward. Jedzia. Versatile. Tough. I like her well-roundedness as a swing forward. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Power forward. Ben Sisko. Tough as shit. (laughs) You just know he'd get physical for a rebound and go ham in the paint. 
This is just a DS9 with Kirk. Yeah, pretty much, especially since the center is Worf. <laughs> yeah. He says Worf. I mean, come on, it's Worf. Good luck putting anything up around the rim I with him on the glass. At, I was going to put Worf at center, too. So It's true. He's, he's tall, he's strong. Yeah. I, I got to agree with Worf at center. No, I'm, no, I have a better center. Mr. Hume. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mr. Hum, right? Mr. Hum, yeah, whatever. Jesus. Lurch. Just Lurch. Get Lurch yeah, is your Lurch. center. Lurch can't move. He moves no, like a he... fucking sloth. I think uh, Sean Bradley proved how good Lurch would be. <laughs> center. Look, all right, I'm going center wharf. Okay, I'll go with that too. I was gonna say that too. I'm gonna I'm gonna go um, point guard Kirk as well. I feel like he is a proven okay. leader, and he also has the physicality necessary. I'm. Who am I gonna? Um, I'm gonna go Archer. <laughs> He's like a Larry Bird. Hey, I could see him being a Larry Bird. He's a Larry Bird, especially because Larry Bird's from the South, and I'm sure he had at least some racism. <laughs> Archer's from Sacramento. No, he's from San Francisco. He grew up in San Fran. He's still a big old racist. <laughs> that's that's like just heresy. That's he's just- a spacist. <laughs> he grew out. He learned the error of his ways as time um, went on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, even going. Kirk was a spacist against Klingons for a while. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Everybody has a little spacism in them. You got to work through it. Yeah, yeah. Josh. Yeah, me. <laughs> so, who are you going for for shooting guard? Uh, well, I guess I you didn't pick, I guess you did pick a point guard. You got you got Archer. Yeah, I got Archer. Uh, You're going to need somebody aggressive. Somebody aggressive. Somebody who can make some points for you. I want Dato on my team cuz he's a robot and he will be good at everything. <laughs> That's true. Why don't you put so, him as like point forward? Because, yeah. like, he's a robot. He's strong as fuck. Who's going to yeah. go against him? Okay, I'll do that. Data at that one. And then I need an aggressive person. Yeah. Uh, let's say General Marta. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a whole that, team of Klingons. That dude's got one eye, but who cares? He does great things with one eye. All you need is a short forward now. Uh, so a short person, um, what do short forward? Small do? forward, anyway. Small forward, yeah. Um, small forward is basically, like, the bridge between, like, your guard and the person who's gonna take it to the hole. Okay. You're gonna need somebody who's a real good team player. Uh, like a, okay, real good team player. Hmm. <sighs> Who's a really good team player? Jordy? Jordy's a good team player. He's very short. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jordy or Muggsy Bose. <laughs> Muggsy LaForge. Muggsy LaForge. Is he good at shooting threes? I don't know. I've never played with Jordy. <laughs> uh, He's a guy who can shoot a threes. Point guard going with Kirk, like I said. Yeah. Shooting guard. I need somebody... God, Martok's a good choice. He really is. There you go. I think I want to go with Ro Laren. Ooh, so good. Because, like, Kira eventually becomes less aggressive as time goes on, and yeah, Ro Laren comes. becomes more aggressive as time yeah, goes on. She just gets more mad about yeah. shit. Yeah. Small yeah. forward, I'm going to need a team player. 
Uh, I think I'm gonna go Riker. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Riker. He's deceptively good at team playerness. Yeah, um, yeah. that's a good. That's good. Point forward, huh? Center, I'm going Worf. Worf, I'm going. I'm going Worf for center. Yeah. Death to the opposition. Exactly. <laughs> Power forward is what it is. Actually, fuck. It's it's weird, like trying to remember the actual positions of the shit since I haven't played on a real team since I was a little kid. Yeah, I I don't know anything about the positions in basketball. Like you, like I always sort of like you said. I was like, wait, but they move around a lot. Like, <laughs> it's it's really like what you're supposed to be responsible for, right? But some it really goes out the window for the most part. Well, like basketball now is just like so crazy, right? So like, yeah. like nobody cares, right? They're just like do whatever, shoot the ball. <laughs> this one's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. But I think my power forward is going to be Spock because he's strong as three men. That's true. That's a good one. <laughs> Why don't we just pick all strong people? I don't know. Just a group full of super strong people who can't be can defeated. I, can I pick, like, one of the monsters from Space Jam? Shit, you'd be undefeatable unless Michael Jordan showed up. Yeah, so, like, um, I'll pick one of those because I'm assuming... Here's my also uh, my crossover from the other email. Space Jam and Star Trek. God, Yes! Like, it's a three-way basketball game, right? Between the Monstars, the Looney Tunes, and and the crew of the Star Trek Enterprise. And it's like the chessboard. It's 3D chess, but basketball. (laughs) I would watch the fuck out of that. Yeah. That's, like, definitely on ESPN The Ocho. (laughs) Uh, Jack finishes out the email by saying, I hope you all enjoyed this bullshit as much as I did thinking about it. (laughs) My bonus six man off the bench is Riker. The dude can do it all. Oh, you need a six man. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, I didn't think I picked. I don't think I picked a female. So I'll pick. Uh, I love Kira. So I'm just. I want her on my team. So Kira on your team, huh? Damn, I love Kira. Oh shit. Who am I gonna choose? Who am I gonna choose? I don't have anybody from Enterprise or Voyager on my team. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. I know who you'd pick. Neelix. <laughs> I choose. As my sixth man, Wesley Crusher. Oh. And then I will literally leave him on the bench the entire game so he has to look at everyone else having fun. Oh my god. And he never gets to have fun the entire game. I wouldn't even pick him as like my fucking, like those kids who they get to mop up the sweat. I wouldn't even pick him as that. Actually, more than likely somebody's going to get fucking hurt, right? So I guess my sixth man... Uh, Beverly Crusher did some, did some train. Actually, no, I picked Julian Bashir because he's a superhuman. Yeah, he could just like do the math <laughs> and throw the ball. It's like he's like a, a globe trotter. Like you just yeah. got a globe trotter on your team. I would just switch him out with somebody as soon as I started losing, and then he would just globe trotter all over Josh's team. Oh, are we playing each other? Oh. I guess. I guess we're playing each other. <laughs> I mean, since, well, I guess it's it's either you're playing me or you're playing Jack, so. Well, Jack and I have the two same people on our team, so, like, we both have Kirk and Worf. That's a problem. Uh, it's called Mirror Dimensions. 
I guess that's true. I'd take Mirror Wharf. I bet he would be insanely violent. Uh, nobody picked Garrick. Ooh, I mean, he'd be good at. Like, I don't see Garrick being a real physical guy. <laughs> yeah, but he could like poison your team, <laughs> like poison the other Jesus, team. Jesus, that's a little extreme for a basketball game. Hey, do you want to win or not, Jeff? I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I'll be gladly holding the trophy that we totally imagined for this made-up game. <laughs> Josh is not a competitive person at heart, everybody. If I've got to murder somebody to win a fake trophy, I'll fucking do it. Uh, thanks as always, bros. Commander Jack Carpenter of the USS Virginia. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. That was a fun thought experiment. That was good. And our last email of the night is from Spibsy. Spibsy. And the title of the email is, here's a tagline for your show. The M stands for, mmm, that's a good podcast. <laughs> Which he already had quoted and we tweeted about it, but I love that it's in the show now. Mmm, <laughs> that's a good mm, podcast. That's a good podcast. It's like an 80s like Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> I really want, at the end of the theme... Uh, the ending theme for this show for yeah. mm, that's a good podcast to just be inserted <laughs> at the end of every episode. <laughs> All right, I can do that if I remember. <laughs> hey again, it's me, Spivzy from the internet. <laughs> oh, that place, yeah. <laughs> I tried coming up with some peyote for season eight of The Next Generation, so let me know what you think. Mm. Season eight, episode three. He's starting at three. We, okay. We, I don't know sure, what happens in one and two. We're like starting with production three. schedule is different or something. <laughs> Riker starts riding around the ship on a three-wheeled bike and calling himself <laughs> William Triker. <laughs> Jordy and Data try to join his club with disastrous results for Worf's annual Klingon Hogmanay celebrations. <laughs> I, I'm going to pitch this for William Triker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. That's just great. Season 8, Episode 7. Oh, whoa. Deanna Troy gets her arm caught in a vending machine and 10 forward, and Jordy needs to get her out of there. It takes him away from fixing a broken turbo lift, which is headed straight towards a shack wharf built at the bottom of a shaft. <laughs> Meanwhile, Picard is teaching Data how to play backgammon with disastrous results. <laughs> This is like a real eighth season. This is what the episodes would have been like. <laughs> Isn't this in masks? <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, I'm wondering what the shack at the bottom of the turbo lift shaft is. Honestly, is that a reference? I don't understand it. I remember it somebody saying that a turbo lift was gonna destroy O'Brien's house in oh, the Discord. Is that? Oh. And then somebody said. Uh, I'll pitch that, but only if it's a shack at the bottom of the turbo lift. <laughs> um, season oh 8, God. episode 11, special live-action crossover event with the Jetsons. <laughs> All right, pitch it. I'm going to pitch that one. Yep. <laughs> season 8, episode 23, Q appears and turns everyone into puppets. The crew learns a valuable lesson about acceptance before Picard tricks Q into saying his name backwards and steals his powers. Oh my god, that's <laughs> fucking... Damn. Uke. He tricks him into saying uke. Uke. <laughs> I'll pitch that. What's a shorthand term for a ukulele? A uke? Oh no! <laughs> I'll be back in one year, Picard! And then he spins <laughs> off into the Phantom Zone. 
I think it'd be very easy to insert lessons about social issues into these episodes, and not to toot my own horn, but they may be the best episodes of the entire season. I'm not gonna... (laughs) (laughs) The season he made. Uh, Have fun talking into microphones. Freelance Starship (laughs) window cleaner, Spivzy of the USS Tapons radio program. What the hell are you guys doing over there? Yeah, get your shit together, guys. I'm I'm real worried about the USS Tapons radio program. I will yeah. say that all of these emails that mention they're from there came in after the email with the decoded message I said out loud. This could all be disinformation. Oh no, do you think it's testing our loyalty? Uh, maybe it's code. I don't know, man. I'm just like a... I, just, I don't know. I'm just a scientist. I don't know, man. <laughs> Here, let me go back to this Tapon email, right? Like Don't maybe read I, it again. Maybe I read the message wrong. Uh, <laughs> Federation. Oh, God, we're just doing it again. Ship. Ah, oh, Jesus. Titan. Mm. Spotted. Ah. At Galorian no. Core. Fuck! I did it again! <laughs> oh, my God. This is a- unbelievable. I thought it would say something different well, this you time. Think it was gonna... I thought I read it wrong last time. Ugh. Oh, no, guys. No, wait. It says Federation ship not spotted at nice Galorandon Nice First try, nailed it. Nice It says not. So, oh, so nobody God. send any Romulan ships there. We're getting we're getting court martialed like so hard. Oh, not again! I know it's so it takes forever, and honestly, it's, like just whatever. Like I'll pay the just, parking ticket, whatever. I had to clean up leaves with Tom Paris last time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which is worse, the cleaning up the leaves or the Tom Paris part. He wouldn't fucking stop talking about Baywatch at me. <laughs> Yeah, I get it, Tom. They run in slow motion and the tits bounce. I get it. Remember when he fell in love with Sarah Silverman? That was weird. Yeah. Not that that's weird because she's, like, hilarious and attractive, I find, but, you know. She, she's very pretty in that episode, specifically, but... Yeah. How come we never get to travel back in time? I know. I mean, it sort of sucked back then. Like in 2018, shit was crazy. So let's like, I don't really want to go. It's true. Back that. that was like right before World War Three, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fuck. If you would like to send us a subspace communication via email, you can send it to us at mclassemail at gmail dot com singular, and uh, we'll read it here on the air. Yes. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at M Class Podcast. I'm not sure how our feed ends up in a website that hasn't existed in 600 years. I don't know, but whatever, right? I'm not a temporal scientist. I don't fucking know. Temporal prime directive don't mean shit on satellite M. Is That's all I'm right. saying. We're breaking all kinds of laws. If I'm gonna get court martialed, I'm gonna get court martialed for something good. Yeah. Like uh, growing weed in the fucking botany place. The botany place. (laughs) The botany deck, I guess. Yeah, baby. (laughs) I call it the bootany bay. The USS bootany bay? That's where all the booty shaking takes place. We are alone on this satellite, I would like to remind everyone listening. Who said I'm not shaking it? I'm the one doing it. I'm parking... 
Ugh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, if you would like to support this program, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, and for low as $1, you can get some cool shit. Yeah, baby. And uh, for a little bit more money than that, uh, I think our audio logs are getting released to the public now. So oh, that'll be shit. fun. I mean, they're evidence now, so... Yeah. Did you say anything on any of those that could get us implicated? No comment. I mostly just talked about perfect strangers for 700 of them. Do you think that'll get us in trouble? I mean, I think that's the... It's like uh, like that thing where there's too much information, so it's hard to sift through. It takes a while. So maybe we're good for a couple more, like, years. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to M-Class Email, and we'll see you in one week for more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye.